Welcome to Go Meet, a wrestling podcast. This will be a podcast about basically elevating other wrestlers through your mid-card title. However, we're going to go specifically in with the Cody title reign of the TNT title, his first version of that, correct? Yes. That is my man Jared speaking. I'm KP. Quickly, some business. You can you can listen to us wherever you're picking us up at now. Spotify, Bullhorn, iHeartRadio, on your iPhone. Or you can check the Daily Smart, which has all things pro wrestling. Go to their podcast. We're there. You can look at it. Anywhere you listen to us, feel free to give us five stars. Give us as many stars as they will allot for you. Quickly, origin story for Cody Rhodes as we get into the, the meat of this pod. The son of a son of a plumber. <laughs> the grandson, some I might felt, say. I felt like his WWE run is poo-pooed a little more than it should be. Yes, he wound up in a gimmick in a garbage bag for a while. That that stuff was good. He feuded with the Shield with his brother and his father. He wound up, you know, prior to that, there was the dashing Cody Rhodes thing, and there was the Cody Rhodes with the garbage bags. And nothing he did... When he was there, he didn't make work. It always worked. He just eventually decided, I can do more, and they didn't feel the same way. Specifically, Hunter, if you listen to the things. He moves on, bets on himself. There's the world, there's the famous tweet that, you know, give me the bucks and I can sell it out. That changes wrestling forever. He winds up meeting a Tony Khan, negotiating. He, Omega, the Bucks start this company with Tony Khan and they are now they may actually be the company that employs the most wrestlers in the world when you consider all the cuts WWE's had. And I don't know that they're that they're the biggest company, but I think they may actually employ the most wrestlers. They have a lot of people. You know, and they so and and, and I think it's great. You know, employment matters and you know, but that being said the first dynamite match ever was Cody versus Sammy. And then we wind up with Cody, he does. Who did he lose to in order? He, he says, "If I lose, it I'll. was Jericho. It was yeah, yeah. During during the first uh, first little bit of the company, he talks to Jericho. He wins. He wins a couple of matches. The whole wins and losses matter. He's top of the rankings. He says, listen, 'Listen, I'm going to challenge for the title. If I lose, I'll never challenge for big platinum again.' There you go. And he loses, which which I think cemented him as a mid card guy. Which I, I I don't say that is a bad thing at all. But there was a, again. It was the uh, the fear people had was like, oh man, is Cody just going to hot shot himself the title? Right, and to some degree, it became once that was established that he would never win the world title. It's wrestling, so never's never. Once that was established, like you said, the mid card becomes his responsibility in a lot of ways. They create a mid card title. He wins that title with Lance Archer in a match, and then we get this series of. He had like the the open challenge type mm-hmm. deal, where basically like almost every week he was wrestling somebody new. You want to go and through some of those matches? Absolutely. Uh, for the most part, it's a lot of like younger guys. Like the first match he has is against Jungle Boy, and then Mark Quinn, and those guys are very much like AEW. I'm not gonna say like newcomers to the industry, but they're they're still really young, and they obviously placed a lot of. Uh, a lot of faith in them and their growth. And I think that this is part of it, where they get matches against Cody that are pretty good. 
Cody features them on an episode of Dynamite. You, you have Jake Hager, you have Jungle Boy, you have Marcus Quinn, Ricky well, Starr. <laughs> I didn't put Jake Hager in, in the young up-and-comers category. <laughs> right. Well, that's where he kind of starts, right? And then he, then he goes through these other names. Sonny Kiss, Sunny Kiss. Warhorse, Scorpio Sky, Brody Lee. I think the biggest example of how we took somebody nobody had thought about Eddie Kingston wasn't really even in the company yet. He gets this open challenge. He, he's like in someone's backyard mm-hmm. with a mic, and he's just yelling at Cody in a promo. Mm-hmm. And, again, look where he is now. Well, I, I do think that you have to give Cody credit for him being signed. It feels uh, like yeah. if that's if, if what we've been told is true. But him being a star is the mocks. Absolutely, and then and then then the uh, lethal weapon forty eight hours where they be, enemies become buddy cops, right? <laughs> and they and they run roughshod. But Kingston is the best example of that to me, and and he's become you know Kingston gets his own programs now, regardless of a belt, and that starts with with this open challenge. Uh, Warhorse did not did not get as lucky. Scorpio. No, although although I I won't. I don't know. The, the match just really fell flat for whatever reason. I'm still not really sure what happened. I'm not going to say Warhorse is like a, a, a crazy in-ring worker, but I don't know. I've seen other of his matches that I thought were way better. I just I, I don't know what happened. I don't think you can blame Cody if he wrestles Jungle Boy and you say, hey, that kid someday can be a single star. And two years later or a year later, he's winning a tag team title. He's not a single star yet. That's the choice of booking, that's not Cody. Oh, Cody yeah. Cody put him in a position to look fantastic. Yeah, Where that goes from there is something else. And you do that. You, that's what the mid-card is about. You kick the tires on somebody to see if maybe they can be in a big program. And I, I feel like Ricky Starks is another one who we realized in those moments. Well, we knew because we'd been watching uh, NWA. Right. And how great he was on that show. But if you didn't know that, when you saw him wrestle with Cody, you oh, this is... This guy's special. This guy's cool. Right, 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 right. Sonny Kiss, I felt like, had a really good... He, he kind of became must-see TV for a little bit following his match with Cody. He's fallen, he's fallen by... That's one thing when you sign a lot of talent. Yeah. You know, you sign a lot of talent, and suddenly a lot of these guys wind up back on Dark. Sonny and Janelle have had a feud on Dark. That's been kind of crazy. Like, they, they their last match was awesome. It was really good. Right, no. they just like killed each other. Really good. Now Sky winds up having this match with with Cody, and that kind of leads to him being in some bigger things. And he winds up getting the brass ring, which somehow he gets delayed there. And we wind up now he's starting to get that second push. Yeah, yeah. Now, now that he he's got the push, he got the world title match against. I think he's had a couple world title matches, actually. I feel like he had one against, like, Jericho, as well as one against, I think, Mox. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been, like, consistently, you know, peeking into the title picture. Well, he's the kind of guy, too, the kind of performer you can stick him in a match with a champion, and you don't have to have a program for it because it'll be a good match. He'll just go out there, yeah, and we'll be like, oh, that was pretty good. Now, the Brody Lee match. Dude, that first Brody Lee match, that was... It's my favorite like statement match from early AEW. Mm-hmm. So it was like three minutes long. Cody literally just gets the snot beaten out of him. There's nothing else to that match. I believe that was at that moment. I was like, "Holy cow!" It, 
it's a huge statement. You this company, yes. I thought at that moment, I thought this company is completely different than what I thought they were. Now, don't get me wrong. The second time around, the Cody comeback becomes the blueprint of the, what happens the, in these the scenarios, black hair, right? Cody. <laughs> I just rolled my eyes. Um, that, that, okay, uh, go ahead. But, but to, the, the first match, I think the first match is really good. I think it really cemented Brody as like, man, this guy's a killer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, and well, he, you knew that, but you didn't know that he was when he beat Cody. I thought he may be the world champ soon. Exactly. Right, which is what I thought, and, and there's no way to know what would have happened. Never, because you know the, the passing of Brody was so tragic, but. I thought when Cody made the quick comeback and beat him the second time around, and the match was it, it was brutal. You know, it was, yeah. it, it, the, the, the dog, dog collar, collar man was a that brutal was, match. It was a great match, by the way. Great. Yeah, absolutely. And, and an odd stip that you don't see much, which allowed for the brutality. But I thought, oh, Brody's about to move on and win the real title. Oh yeah. You know, and then of course we we don't get to know what would have happened there. But this does wind up being kind of his blueprint for. Some of his rivalries. <laughs> I think, I think this is is like as good of a talking point as any to kind of talk about like the the turning point for people's opinion because people's opinion of Cody was super high. He was so over. Well, well, before you get there, think about the way. Now, real quickly, the way Cody was talked about during these matches. You know, he's got the coach, and Arn comes out with him, you know, and he coaches him through each of these matches, and he's got this open challenge, so he doesn't get to have a lot of knowledge about who he's going to wrestle tonight, and JR continues to push that, and he calls Cody the kid, and and he's saying that Cody is working too many matches, and that's why these matches are going 12 and 13 minutes when maybe they should have been shorter, but Cody continues to work, he continues to work hurt. And he becomes what a, what a mid card title should be. Any wrestling show, whether it was you go back to ECW with Rob Van Dam, or you go to any of these intercontinental titles that were successful runs, they were successful because they're wrestling every week and they're building that mid card for you with these great matches. And that's what they were doing. And it was, and I thought it was even neater that they would say they used the work rate of Cody performances every week as a chinks to the armor as to why at some point he's not going to be able to do this anymore. And I thought that was really well done. Oh, absolutely. Perfectly. But then, as you said, after the Brody Lee thing, we start to transition into go right ahead. I think because he, he does have a pretty good feud with Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. uh, immediately afterwards. Uh, then he loses the title to Darby. And I, I think this that that's around the point where... <laughs> It starts to be a little little funky in terms of people's opinion. He gets the tattoo. He goes into a an endless feud with QT Marshall, and people's opinion on him just kind of starts to to skyrocket or not skyrocket. Uh, uh, the bottom dive. falls out. Yeah, the bottom falls out on, mm-hmm. on people's opinion of him. And then pretty much ever since then, people have been of a very mixed opinion. And I, I th- I'm not going to say. Completely rightfully so, but I, I'm definitely one of those people that was like, "Well, what are you doing, bud?" <laughs> well, I, I think that Cody, his thing, you've said it before, he doesn't have bad matches. No, he he's a good wrestler. He he is a good wrestler, and he tends to have very good matches. You don't see him in a whole lot of great ones, but two consistently good matches. Well, think about two. He's not in the upper card. No, exa- yeah. So he's not getting to wrestle Kenny. 
He's not really getting to wrestle Hangman. He's not getting to wrestle. So in a way, Danielson, since he, you know, he kind of lost his feud to MJF, which again, even though that wasn't the TNT title, he still is the guy that doesn't get to wrestle for the world title. Really, when you see MJF, you think it's it's not just that he's the heel. It's he's he's a champ. He just ain't got the belt yet. Yes, absolutely, and that due to Cody. That was due to Cody. One hundred percent was due to Cody. That's why the feud. That's why when he leads a feud against Jericho, it doesn't feel like Jericho's punching down because of what Cody established with him. Absolutely, in their feud, and I think that. I know that Cody feels badly about the way the uh, a go-go thing went back and forth, and rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he's, uh, he's he's correct. But other than that, and, and like you said, the QT thing was just... Endless. Right. But that wasn't that wasn't as bad as a go-go. A go-go was really, to no, me, the go-go. only miss. <laughs> go-go was... The, the QT, even like the, the last match they had wasn't bad. It was just more of a relief that it was over, because they, they dragged it out for a while. Well, QT can wrestle. QT, yeah, QT's pretty good. He just is a trainer. He doesn't pop at you as no. a as a wrestler star type guy. And they tried. They really tried to make him a heel that could pop at you, and it just didn't. No, it didn't didn't take. No, but now you have Cody, and he is getting in. He's still in a lot of ways without the belt. He's still the mid card champ, right? He really is, and and I think his recent work has actually been. I really like it. Yeah. Him, him beating Sammy. Uh, I think again. I think the turning point for for his like. Now he did beat Sammy and win back the TNT yes. title, but then he's. I don't think he's relinquished. I don't know what they're doing. I think he he may have been like exposed to someone with COVID or something like that. Uh, I have no idea. But anyways, he said said that he's coming back next week on Dynamite. So and they had an interim championship match for a, yeah, it was like one two, week off. two weeks. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if they knew how long Cody would be out, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was, it's, it's a little funky. It's but, the strangest thing. But I will say, his his recent stuff, ever, ever since the Arn Glock promo, which I, I love the Arn Glock promo. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. It's great, but it's perfect, right? It's awesome. Okay, well, what did you think about that program? Uh, you know, Arn going, to, Arn going to his house and, like, Burning stuff in his yard. I thought it was hilarious, but I thought it was it was old school in a way that's really enjoyable. If that makes sense, you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Okay. The the Malachi, it's it's all of Cody's stuff has been ridiculous, but at a certain point, I've kind of embraced it, especially the Andrade match because I even now I kind of think that fits Andrade with what Andrade's doing with his assistant coming down with the taser shirtless. Yeah. By the way, Jose is. Built that dude was huge. I can't believe that. Right, that whole match with the the, the fire, all of that. It's so ridiculous. I kind I kind of love it. Right now, I feel like Cody's embraced kind of some of the the criticisms, and just it. I don't know. It feels a little bit better now. If that makes sense. You think he's embraced it? I mean, when he reaches underneath and grabs a <laughs> shovel, and then oh, what do you know? There's a sledgehammer down here, and <laughs> I mean, of course, you know. It's it's so big headed. But and it, over the top, but I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I've just been then uh, Stockholm syndrome into liking Cody. But I, I don't know, man. It's good. I also think, like we said, there is a Cody verse. Yes, at this point, and absolutely. You, and if you're if you're in a feud with him, there, your match is going to have more. It, it's funny because I'm I I tend to lean towards less outside of the ring shenanigans than more. 
And so a lot of times with Cody, it's like, oh my God, who's this next guy running out here to do something? You know? (laughs) And it's fine, but the wrestling, you know, always, always good. I thought the Ethan Page match was good. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That was straightforward, too. After Page beat his butt, according to Page. He said that, and I was like, man, did we watch the same match? (laughs) What was the result? Let me me check Cage's match. Cody Rhodes defeats Ethan Page? Right, right. Now, he's a heel. He can say whatever he wants. He should say that, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're they're acting as if Scorpio is going to go into another thing with him. Scorpio hasn't been pinned in a long time. It would probably be a great time to put some form of a belt on Scorpio Sky. Do you think so as well, or...? Maybe. I'm still not the biggest Scorp guy. Okay. Well, you're not going to know unless you try. You're right. You know, and if you're going to put it on him, it it seems to me like they think what you think, which is why we have Adam Lambert and Ethan Page with him. That they think, yeah, he's got it, but we got to figure out a way to get it out of him. I I agree. There there are times where I'm like, wow, he's he's pretty daggum good. But there are times where I'm like, well, he's, he's there. Because think about it. Like you said, he's wrestled for the world title. He's wrestled Cody for his championship when he was TNT. Both times great performances. He wins the donut, I mean the uh, brass ring. (laughs) And also, so that gives him another shot, right? And so they put him in these scenarios where, where, where when, you know, this guy's formidable. And so now you have him with Lambert and you have him with Paige. And it doesn't look like we're going to send them for the tag belts. Yeah. Because they continue to say, my record is this, his record is that. So it does feel like... And they aren't having tag matches either. No. Not at all. Maybe if they started, that would be a sign, but... No. And it feels like, too, we've become almost like Paige loses to Cody to set up that I haven't lost in 300 days. I haven't been pinned in... You know, that kind of thing to set up this matchup between Cody. And if Cody were to put him over for that TNT title... I, that would make. I think it would make Sammy or Sammy make Scorpio right in would, a lot of ways. He would have to. Uh, he would have to blow it. Yeah, and I'm it, really hoping not. I don't think. He, I don't think he would. But I, I do think Cody is is still even today in a good spot to be that kind of like mid card gatekeeper in some ways. Right. Well, and two with Cody, and he hasn't done it yet, but he does have a lot of outside interest. He's told us he wants to be. A politician at some point, but that's not even like the main outside interest. You know, he he has the other TV show on TBS. If anybody calls, he's going to go do something else to uh, help the brand in a lot of ways. Because the more eyes are on Cody, the more people want to watch the wrestling show. Right? Not having the heavyweight title frees him up for those things. You know, and so I do think he's in a great position to be both. Keeper, like you said, keeper of the of the mid card gate, and also promoter of this brand outside of the wrestling world. Absolutely, he does come off as smart. He comes off as pleasant when he's in rooms, unless his unless his collar is a little too low. Tattoo's awful. Dude. In which I, case, I try not to dump on it too much nowadays, but it's terrible, man. man. And I, I again, I literally think that was the moment when he unveiled it, where people are like, "Oh wow." Oh, I do think that it's interesting that he patterned the shape of it after the Divas title, 
which would eventually become the New Japan shape. Yes. Directly from Cody's neck tattoo. I think Gato saw that and was like, yes, there's our new belts. I, dude. I, I, I see the shape in my dreams now. <laughs> this would look good on Shingo Takagi. <laughs> Which, to be fair, it does look good on Shingo Takagi. Anything looks good on Shingo Takagi. That man's great. He Including great. a mullet. He is great. Hey, do you, um, I don't think we're going to do an end of the year episode. I think that's a wrap on Cody. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Love Cody. Do you, I'm back on the Cody love train. Wow. He's always been my best friend. He texts me quite often. Exactly. I'm in a group text. It's me, him, and like a couple other hundred thousand people. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and did... Did I show you the one day, like, I, I thought I was texting y'all, I think, and I accidentally texted him? Yeah, yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> Got no reply. The guy doesn't care. It, it hurts. He's, he's distant, man. He's, he's emotionally distant. Do you want to give me your match of the year, though? I think it's still probably Jay White versus Kota Ibushi. That match was killer. 48 minutes in the Tokyo Dome, longest Tokyo Dome main event. That promo from Jay afterwards. The crowning of Ibushi. I don't know, man. I thought it was. I thought Jay White was was absolutely perfect in that match. That's like a career making match. Who was wrestler of the year? That's so tough to say. I mean, I'll probably say a Danielson's an easy choice. Kenny Omega is a good choice as well. Um, but like we were talking about earlier, I don't. I don't know if anyone was like head and shoulders above everybody else. Like I don't think there's like a super obvious one in the women's divisions. In the women's divisions. Weirdly enough, I don't like watch a lot of women's wrestling anymore. Like I, AEW has their women's wrestlers, and if I had to choose from them, I'd have to say Serena Deeb, right? Um, followed by Thunder Rosa. But I haven't watched like a lot of Stardom. I've watched some Tokyo Joshi Pro. Uh, I'm always really impressed with those girls. Uh, Miu Yamashita is just incredible. Every match I see from her, bangs. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't. I haven't watched like enough for for me to have like a definitive answer. Okay. Which, weirdly enough, I feel that about kind of all wrestling in general. I right. feel like because I missed out on some New Japan stuff, because I didn't really watch a whole lot of, like, like Noah or anything like that, like, I feel like 2020 I watched a ton of wrestling, and I had, like, definitive answers for a lot of this. But because New Japan was kind of on the slump, and because I don't think anyone in AEW had, like, the entire year just outstanding. I think people shined at different times, but I don't know if anybody was, like... They, they, they just dominated and were just an obvious choice, if that makes sense. To me, a lot of wrestling this year was was far above average. It was, gr- it was a great year. But there weren't that handful of just standout performances that you said, wow, that's way better than everything else. To me, the, to me, the Hangman Page, Danielson match right at the end of the year, the, the hour, I thought that was your match of the year. I thought... Um, Probably my number two. And I'm not even going to talk about the other... Although I, to me that was the match of the year, regardless of company. To me, Danielson was the was the wrestler of the year, regardless of company. Well, because he was in both, <laughs> right? And I, and I feel like he had he had great matches in both. He all had year. he had two of the best matches in WWE, oh. and he had the best match in the world while he was in the other company, right? <laughs> so I feel like he's he's the guy. And, and also, by the way, what they were doing with him in WWE at the end. Was they were just running him out there and having him have bangers every week, it, like, like they really overused him down the yeah. stretch, you know, which was great as a wrestling fan. And I was saying because I didn't know for sure what he was going to do, and I kept saying on the other pods, if this is the end for him, watch it because 
we don't know when this level talent comes down the pike again. Dude, once once in a generation talent. Absolutely. And I, and I do feel like WWE in a lot of ways stepped back a little bit. They were head and shoulders in women's wrestling for a while. NXT was. And all of a sudden, with Rhea going up but not really getting a, a huge program, I thought Bianca had a great year. I wasn't going to talk about them. But anyway, I didn't watch Stardom, so that isn't fair for me to try to judge who the best women's wrestler in the world was to me the one who is the i can't not watch her even though i know she's not the best wrestler in her company is brit i still would find it hard to say she's not the most important women's wrestler in the world that's not in the wwe because because she is the one that moves the needle to borrow to borrow a phrase from a gentleman on another program yes (laughs) okay And, and so that so to me, that is that. That's where that goes. I think that's a wrap. What do you think? I think so too. All right, man. Well, let's go. we're going to get out of here. Thank you very much for listening. Check out our friends at the Gin Project, the G I N N Project dot com. Check out the Daily Smart as well. And this has been a Go Home Me production. Copyright twenty twenty two. Go home. 